As Mark indicated, uh, and in response to our one of the topics that was put on our our topic list, uh, there was there was one that said, "How can we glorify God?" or "How can I glorify God?" And um, that's what we're going to be talking about. I have a, a very basic and and simple lesson uh, this morning in regards to that, and then Mark's going to. Follow me up uh, with with some more details, and and we'll hopefully have some some discussion around that. But at the onset, um, when you think about this question, you know the first thing that comes to my mind was, does God God even need me to glorify Him? Right. So He, you know, God being who He is, uh, and us understanding who He is, being uh, this this Almighty. Uh, creator of everything we know, um, you know, why would he even be concerned about, or why would we be concerned about glorifying him? But if you if you look throughout scriptures, you can see uh, or get the sense that he wants that from his creation. He wants that from us. He wants us to glorify him. Uh, and and so we're going to just talk about uh, a couple of ways that we do that, uh, but. You know, realizing again that, you know, he is, you know, basically the definition of glory, if you want to think of it that way. Um, so when we when we're thinking about what does it mean to glorify someone or something, uh, in in this lesson we're going to be thinking about glorifying God. But just in general, from a definition standpoint, what does it mean to glorify someone and the the thought or idea should come to your mind when you think of that is is to acknowledge uh, the greatness of someone, uh, to give honor to someone by praising them, uh, by by saying good things about them, to lift up others' view of the one being glorified is is something that comes to my mind. Um, and and how is that done? But by speaking about their greatness or their goodness or the good that they have done. And so, you know, we understand that uh, in, in our everyday world today, you know, you think about a, a king or a ruler, you know, how, how is that king honored? It's, it's by the words that, that his subjects use about him and, and the way that they talk about him and describe him. And so it's really this idea of lifting up someone's view of God um, by speaking about the good attributes of them. And, you know, in scriptures, I believe, you know, again, we're going to uh, go into more details about this, uh, hopefully in the follow-up hour, but, you know, there are basically, in my mind, two basic ways that we glorify God. Um, and one is through the words that we use, the things that we say about God and and. Uh, the things that we speak about him, and then also through our actions, uh, the way that we live, uh, and and the the things that we're busy doing. And so we're going to look at some passages uh, that that talk about both of these uh, ways. But just from a practical standpoint, if we want to glorify our heavenly Father, if we want to be sure that we are are doing things that glorify Him, it's going to be uh, very likely through uh, these two ways. So let's talk about uh, the words that we use or the things that we say being the, the first 
a way that we can glorify God. And, and I put this passage here in Matthew 15, <clears throat> verse 31 up here, just to kind of get us thinking along this lines. This is, in context, this is Jesus has been doing a lot of miracles and teaching here among the multitude in this context in Matthew 15. Uh, and, and basically the verse says, They marveled at the great works that Jesus were, was doing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Okay, so they marveled at what Jesus was doing and they glorified the God of Israel. Well, how did they glorify God? It was by them saying the good things that that were happening, by them repeating or talking about how great and wonderful God was uh, and and how great and wonderful the things that he was accomplishing uh, through Jesus. And so, again, that's just a passage to kind of get us uh, aligned with this, this thought process of, of we glorify God by talking about Him and by talking about uh, the the great things that He has done. And I, I feel like the the religious world at large is maybe sometimes better about doing this than, than we may be at times, um, at least myself. You know, sometimes you feel like it's so overused. Uh, you'll, you'll just hear people in passing talking about uh, the great things that God has done or... Uh, you know, God helped me make it down the road today, or God helped me do this, God helped me do that. You hear it so often that it also, it sometimes to me feels overused, and that may cause me to, to pull back from wanting to use those kind of words or that kind of language. But, you know, really that, that kind of language is part of how we glorify God. And so I want us to, to be thinking along uh, those lines and, and thinking about, uh, the fact that it's okay for us to talk in that way and it's okay for us and good for us to glorify God in that way. Is is glorifying God or, or just in our minds, right? Well, it's not just us thinking, well, God is good or God did this for me or God answered that prayer for me. You know, when we glorify something, it has to be verbalized, right? Uh, it you know it doesn't do any good for me to just think it in my mind. Uh, when you're glorifying God, you're again you're lifting up others' opinion of God because you're talking good about Him. Uh, and so, again, this is not just something in our minds. It's something we have to verbalize and and acknowledge, and and it has to be visible to others on the outside, right? Um, you know, we can talk about facts about God's character uh, with others we can you know we can bring up how great our God is and how wonderful uh, he is look at the beautiful day God has made today look at the beautiful creation that he surrounded us with Uh, look at the way that he takes care of us and provides for us each and every day you know those kind of things just talking about those things uh, glorifies him Uh, because it's all really you know Ultimately, when we talk about those things, if we do it in the right way, it's in a way that honors Him, it lifts Him up, it points towards Him as being the great God that He is. It shows others uh, how great of a God He is. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I threw this passage in Acts 12, uh, basically the, the converse of, of what we're talking about. Uh, that story, you'll probably all recognize that story. In Acts chapter 12, verses 22 and 23, that's when Herod uh, picks a special day and he comes before the people and the people are chanting, you know, basically that Herod is as great as a god or he he's not a man, he's a god. And 
what does Herod do? He he doesn't correct the people. He lets that go on, you know, basically to glorify himself. He's letting the people glorify him instead of God, and, and God punishes him for that. And so just put that in there to kind of see what it's not, right? Uh, that, you know, anytime we glorify ourselves or allow ourselves to be made to look good instead of pointing towards God or, or acknowledging and talking about, no, that was God's good work. That was nothing to do with me. Uh, then, you know, we're glorifying ourselves when we don't point towards God. Let's look at just a few passages. Again, these are just some simple passages of it's going to be angels and people in the Bible basically using words to talk about God and, and to glorify God through their words. So if you look at Luke chapter 2, uh, this is when Jesus has been born. <clears throat> and this is, I believe, the angels. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. It says, Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Okay, and so again, just a simple passage here of some uh, the heavenly host, you can say someone saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. You know, they're basically professing God's glory or talking about God's glory. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, uh, this is Jesus himself at the end of um, what's oftentimes referred to as the Lord's Prayer, but um, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13 Jesus uses this same uh, type of verbalization uh, at the end of that prayer. It says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so what is Jesus doing there except simply verbalizing the facts about God, right? He's saying, Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Forever. And so Jesus is simply just verbalizing the facts about God, who he is, and, and what he is over. Um, and again, that that is something that we can do and, and something that we should do. And one of the ways that we can glorify God. Um, I clicked on something. Paul uh, was very good at, at using these same type uh, language or this same type of verbiage. Uh, both this Romans passage and the passage in Philippians are ba- are basically at the ends of the books. If you turn to Romans chapter 16. Verses 25 and, and 20 through 27. If I can get there. And just... You know, notice the language and the things that that Paul is saying about God. And think about that that is how uh, we can glorify God, by just talking about uh, the things about God. It says, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest, 
and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. To God alone, wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So, you know, what is Paul doing here? He's just saying things about God. He's talking about uh, the goodness of God. And, and he does the same thing really almost at the end of, of all of his books or at the end of the, or beginning of the, the epistles that he wrote. Paul does this. He points towards God. He talks about what God has accomplished for mankind, what God has done for mankind, what God has done for him. Uh, and, and he points at that in a good light, saying, look at this God that we serve and how glorious he is. And so... You know, again, that's that's a way that we can glorify God by doing those same things. Uh, in the book of Jude, uh, we won't read the Philippians passage, but in the book of Jude, uh, Jude does the the very same thing. And again, these are just a, a handful of passages that all show us the same thing. But in Jude, uh, verses 24 and 25, Jude here talks about, again, what God has done and can do uh, in, in a good light. It says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. And so, again, this is Jude glorifying God through the words that he's using, the descriptions that he's using about God, the things that he's saying about God and what God can do. And so <clears throat> I just you know, want us to realize that if we want to be doing things to glorify God, we have to, to talk about him and, and use uh, the same uh, type language and, and talk about the same type good things that God has done and, and the same... Uh, type things of who God is. You know, David, if you turn back to First Chronicles, this is a, a rather long reading, but I wanted to read this because I feel like it really uh, encapsulates what, what I'm trying to say here about the words that we use and, and how that can glorify God. But this is David. Uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant has just been brought back into the tabernacle. And everyone who's familiar with that story, we know... Um, that was a very momentous time for Israel. That was a very happy time, an encouraging time. And David is obviously very happy about that. And so I wanted to read um, these verses, if you'll bear with me. And just, just look for it. There's going to be a lot of different places as I read through this. Look for how David is glorifying God and, and what David is saying We sh- uh, the people should be doing. And I... I think us as well. Starting in verse 7, it says, On that day David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asaph and his brethren to thank the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing songs to him, talk of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who rejoice Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face evermore. Remember His marvelous works which He has done, His wonders and His judgments of His mouth. 
O seed of Israel, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God, his judgments are all in the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute, to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as the allotment of your inheritance. When you were few in number, indeed very few, and strangers in it. When they went from one, an- from one nation to another and from one kingdom to another people, he permitted no man to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. O worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is also firmly established. It shall not be moved. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad and let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field rejoice and all that is in it. The trees of the woods shall rejoice before the Lord for he is coming to judge the earth. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And say, Save us, O God, for our salvation. Gather us together and deliver us from the Gentiles to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. So as as you read through that again, you can just pick out, you know, thing after thing, that David is saying about God, about everything God has done, about the goodness of God, the power of God, the holiness of God, uh, the kept promises by God. You know, he's basically just talking about all of the good of God. And, and he's telling the people to tell others about that, you know, to glorify God in that. And, and so that, that again is one of the ways that we can glorify God today is by simply talking about the good things of God. Um, <clears throat> the The second thing uh, that I had, uh, was it, the second way that we can glorify God is, again, through our actions. And so I had a couple of examples here. First of all, of, of what it's not, right? A lot of times you can, you can look at what something is not or you can look at what something did and, and that God says did not glorify him and know, okay, well, you know, anything in that direction is not what we need to be doing if we want to be glorifying God. And so uh, Leviticus chapter 10, that's the, uh, the story of Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10 and just wanted to look at what God says, you know, we're all familiar with the story. We realize they basically offered strange fire before the Lord. They did something in a way that was not the way he had prescribed for them to do. Um, and so just wanted to look at, at what God says about that. Um, 
In verse 2 it says, So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. And so God's response to this was, is, is these two men were not glorifying me. They did not glorify me in front of the people because they were doing something in a way that I had not told them to do. And so, again, our actions, God views our actions as uh, one of the ways that we glorify him or don't glorify him. Uh, in Romans chapter 1, Paul references <clears throat> basically uh, these people who were not following God. If you look at Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Again, this is talking about you know unrighteous people, unrighteous uh, men, uh, primarily the Gentiles. We'll pick up in verse 20. It says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly, clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darking, darkened. Uh, professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. And so what what's Paul saying these people had done? He says they knew God. They should have known about God based on creation and the things that they see around them, uh, but that they did not glorify God. And so what, how did they not glorify God? It was because of the way they were living, the things they were doing. Instead of, of following his ways and doing things uh, the way that they should, uh, they basically got into idolatry, became futile in their thoughts, their hearts were darkened, uh, and those kind of things. And so, again, you know, our actions either glorify God or don't glorify God. And uh, it's all about are we doing things his way or not his way? Think about it uh, from from this point of view, just from our everyday living. If someone is, is over you, say in a job, uh, and you know in your job, so John, you work at Kroger, you know in your job you're supposed to clean the coolers in this certain way. They're supposed to look this certain way when they're done. Uh you know, that's the way the boss wants it to look. Well, you know, if you go about it and you change it all up and do it in a totally different way, you know, you're not really glorifying your employer in that way. You're doing things in a, in a different way. In the same way, like with a family, with our, with our kids. You know, if my kids go about doing something in a way that is not how they're supposed to do things, that doesn't look good for me as a father, right? Um on the on the other hand, when they do things the way that they're supposed to do things, it does make me look good as a father. And, and it's the same way with us as God's children. Um, when, when we do something the way that, that someone 
tells us to, one who's over us tells us to. It, it communicates our attitude about them and and towards them, and it shows what that we put them and what they want and the way they want it ahead of what I want and what the way I want it. Uh, and so, again, our actions, what we do, is is how we another way we can glorify God. And the scriptures very clearly point to this in Matthew chapter five and. In verse 16, this is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He says, you know, basically, let your light shine so that men may see your good works and do what? Glorify God. Uh, when people see us doing right things, when people see us as honest people, hardworking people, people who do right things, people who follow, you know, God's uh, moral teachings and uh, all of God's instructions, <coughs> That's letting our light shine. Uh, and, and by letting our light shine and by people seeing that, what does this passage say? It glorifies God. Uh, John 15. Let's turn here. Um, John 15. Read verses 7 and 8. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. And by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Okay, so again, I think most everybody here knows the context of this passage. Jesus talking about He is the vine, you know, we're the branches attached to Him, abiding in Him. But but what is He saying here in verse 8? God is glorified when we bear fruit. Right, And so is that just any fruit or is that the fruit that he tells us to bear, the things that he tells us to be doing? That's the fruit that Jesus is talking about here. Uh, and so, again, through our actions, we glorify God. Uh, when we bear those fruits that God tells us to bear, when we are who God tells us to be, uh, he's glorified. He's made to look good. Um, and, and that is a good thing. Even Jesus, uh, in John, a couple chapters over, <clears throat> John 17, verse 4, um, even Jesus talks about the fact that he has glorified his Father. While he was on earth, he glorified his Father by doing what? By finishing the work God had given him to do. He had done the things that God had given him to do. Uh, verse 4 says, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And so, again, an example left by our Savior, but also a passage that, that clearly ties our actions and doing the work God's given us to do uh, to how we glorify Him. In 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20, more passages along this line of how our actions and our, our right living is one of the ways we glorify God. As you were bought at a price, you know, therefore glorify God in your body and spirit. Uh, and if you look at the the context in that, leave us talking about uh, fleshly type sins. Yeah, verse eighteen is talking about fleeing uh, sexual immorality. 
Uh, and then as you continue on, you know, you get to verse 20, it says, You were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so, you know, what does this mean to glorify God in your body and spirit? It, it simply means to be doing those things God says are right things. And then when we do that, uh, we are glorifying Him. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11 uh, speak kind of along the same lines. That you know we need to be using the abilities that God's given us again to be doing the things that God tells us to do, and that by doing that we are glorifying Him. First Peter chapter four, verse ten: As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so again, using the abilities that God has given us to accomplish the work that he's given us to accomplish uh, glorifies him. Later on in that chapter, a few verses down in verse 16, we can also see that that another way we glorify Him is through our suffering. If we have to suffer or when we have to suffer as a Christian, uh, that that glorifies God. And how how could that be? From the world looking on from the outside, when we see someone, uh, whether it's standing up for a right cause to their demise... Uh, you know, basically doing their self-harm because they won't budge on what's right and wrong, uh, you know, whether it's that type of suffering or, or you know, back in, in the times when uh, the Scriptures were written, <clears throat> you know, they suffered things that, that we don't even have to, to imagine suffering today in the country we live in. But, you know, again, suffering for the cause of Christ glorifies God. It gets people's attention when someone stands up and sticks to what's right, uh, you know those who are looking on from the outside, it gets their attention, and so they automatically know it shines a light on why would this person be willing to go through that suffering? Well, it's because of the good God they serve and the faith that they have and the promises that He has made. Uh, so again, you know these are just a few of of many passages that show our, that our actions. And the things that we do, the way that we live, are part of how we can glorify God. <clears throat> so, you know, in summary, just again, how do we glorify God? That was the, the, the question put or on the topic list over there. What can I do to glorify God or how do we glorify God? And, and these are things that we've been talking about are active things we can do to glorify God. Um, you know... The, the words that we use, you know, don't be afraid to speak out about the good things that God has done for me or for you. Don't be afraid to, to bring that to people's attention. When something good happens to them, don't be afraid to, to, you know, try to get them to see, hey, every good and perfect gift comes from above, right? That's what the book of James tells us. You know, if it's something good and perfect that's happening, it's from God and it's from above, and we should be thankful for that and and should uh, acknowledge that, Uh, not only ourselves but to those around us. You know, talk about how great He is. The the passages we read at the beginning of the lesson, 
sometimes just talk about the facts about God, right? He's a great and awesome God. He's the creator of this world. He's the one who sustains us. You know, all of those types of things. He's a merciful God, a loving God, a righteous God, a holy God. You know, just talking about and verbalizing all of the things about God glorifies him because it, it lifts him up uh, in his in the view of others. Uh, number three, again, uh, the actions that we do, do things his way, right? You know, follow his ways, uh, be active about doing uh, things in the way that he's prescribed and being busy about doing that and bearing those uh, good fruits that he's given us to bear, becoming who uh, he tells us to become. You know, those are all ways that we can actively uh, be glorifying God in, in the ways that he tells us to glorify him. And so, you know, again, a, a very simple lesson, um, but just some things to think about and to consciously put into action in our lives every day. Um, I think, at least for me, the the first two, the the speaking about God or using those, you know, using um, the things that I say to glorify God are probably where I would I would say I would fall short more more often than trying to be bearing the fruits or doing the things that God has said. You know, that's an active thing that we're living every day. But the the talking about God is something I don't feel like I do as much as I should. Uh, and you know, that passage in First Chronicles when you look at how David talked about God and how he was telling the, peop- the people to talk about God, uh, it, it really shows us the importance of that. So hope this was uh, helpful. Again, we'll have some more discussion on this the next hour in our follow-up class along these same lines. But, you know, ultimately one of the greatest things that, that God has done for us is His Son, sending His Son to come here to live on a perfect life on this earth to be the example for us of how to live, how to follow God, how to glorify God, and and ultimately Him having to suffer a cruel death on the cross so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. And, you know, if we're going to talk to people about how great God is, that's something that has to come up in the conversation. And, you know, we offer... God's invitation every time we're together for anyone who has never become a Christian, who's never uh, been baptized for the remission of their sins, who's never confessed Jesus as their Christ and Lord and and repented from their sins and uh, come up out of the water determined to live uh, faithful to God, then we certainly you know, invite you to, to do that if you understand those things and, and are willing to submit to God in that. Uh, for those of us who are Christians, uh, sometimes we may do things that don't glorify our Father. You know, we talked about our actions, and sometimes when we have the wrong actions, when we do wrong things or, or fall into sin, that does not bring glory to, to God. And, and thankfully, He's still a forgiving God. He tells us if we will uh, confess those things one to another, if we will repent of those sins, uh, that He is faithful in forgiving us of those things. And we're here for one another uh, in those type of situations as well. And, and we're here to pray for each other and encourage each other and help one another live uh, faithful to God each and every day. So if you have a need for anything that we can do to help, we invite you to let that be known as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.